0: And I can see the ground now. I'm way too gone. Way too gone. Alright, legends. Welcome back, dude, to yet another episode of Get Around Me. What a time it is to be alive, dude. Truly. Okay. This podcast refuses to stop, as does my national tour. Just two dates left. I've got a show tomorrow, June 24 in Sydney at the Factory Theatre, come along. There's about 20 tickets left, June 24, in Sydney. That's tomorrow, if you're listening to this, on the Thursday it's released. And then the following Friday, I've got July 1st, in Melbourne. Both encore performances of my show this year. If you missed out, would love to see you there. Show some form of urgency, as there's not many tickets left for either. Uh, But yeah, like I said, Sydney, June 24 melbourne july 1st tickets via my instagram bio and we never have to hear me say that again thank you for putting up with the six weeks of me marketing my show in 37 second blocks at the start and end of each podcast you know a lot of people with podcasts they want to they want to start funny and they want to finish funny okay not billy darcy No, I like to start with it, with administration and finish with administration and then sort of try and get you in the middle if possible. Okay. You know, that's, that's a real comedian. Come out, come out swinging with nothing but paperwork and dates and then try and make people laugh from there. My Lord, you know, what a, what a wild thing to attempt, but here we go. So I've been all over the road, dude. Thanks to everyone who came to my shows over the weekend. I did three three cities in three nights like I'm Dave Hughes or some shit, dude, okay? In, in some of the more delusional booking we've seen, and as you'll find out in the, in the yarns to come, that, yeah, there, we did have issues with the logistics, okay? And there's a reason people don't do three cities in three nights, and I found out that reason. And just while we're here, you know, giving a bit of an overview of what's to come, uh, this week will be yarn heavy, okay? Some weeks I'm hanging around in Sydney, talking to Macca about whatever, you know. It's a rainy day and I'm thinking, holy shit, dude. How the fuck are you going to fill up 45 minutes this week on the podcast? And then other weeks I'm doing bloody three cities in three nights. Did a gig with the Inspired Unemployed last night. I'm wearing a new bucket hat. You know, weeks like this, I just come in arrogant, dude. Okay. No notes required. You know, we don't need to prepare an episode when you've been doing enough living to fill the thing out by itself. And that's exactly what has happened this week. So yarn heavy, but I'll cover a couple of topics at the end, but I got to say this week more than most, I've got a good feeling about this. Okay. So let's check back in on my mood in 45 minutes time. Let's see if I'm spiraling the fuck out or not, because this one on paper should rip, okay? If this week's podcast doesn't rip, no podcast will ever rip, okay? We've got bloody stories out the, out the gazoo, and, you know, yarns out the wazoo, et cetera, et cetera, dude. So here we go. But I was in Perth to start this thing, and I just wanted to touch on Perth ever so briefly. Because Perth, as I've said ad nauseum on this podcast, Perth is a fantastic city. It's just too far away, okay? If I get on a plane for five hours and when I get off, there's a white Australian man speaking English to me, no, I'm sorry. Anything more than four hours in the air on an aeroplane, I better freaking step off into another culture, okay? Okay drop me off in Thailand at that point. you know it's insane to me that you can fly for five hours and still be in this great nation. okay? But Perth is fantastic. Uh, the Perth, one thing about Perth I noticed is the transit officers on the trains are carrying themselves like they're full-blown cops. okay the blokes checking tickets on the train, the transit blokes, they look like SAS SWAT teams or something you know and they're pecking around with that kind of energy as well just quietly i don't think they're teaching anyone how to be humble in the perth transit officer school you know and these guys they come in with their freaking high vis and you know they've got the energy of a bloke who's got a desert eagle and a and some pepper spray on him but i don't think they're allowed to carry weapons but my god can these guys just fuck off yeah, every single train there's about 75 of these things crawling around like that huntsman in your family home you just can't get rid of, you know. And I just wanted to go up to these blokes because, you know, dude, I'm a, I'm a man of public transport, you know, never forget where you came from. And obviously I don't have a car when I'm on the road, so I was catching the train everywhere. And I just wanted to go up to these these transit blokes and just they're just hassling everyone. And let's be honest, between you, me, and the tree, how many of these transit officers are just failed police officers, really? I've never seen a group of people with more didn't make it through police academy energy than Perth transit officers, you know? And it's just so annoying, dude, because they charge onto the train and they're hassling you at the platform and you just look up and they're fucking, you know, army boots, high vis, walkie-talkies, and then you're freaking... You go, oh, oh, uh, sorry, sir. how can I assist? And then you sort of look a bit closer and you go, wait a minute. (laughs) I don't have to respect you. (laughs) Like, get out of my face, dude, you know? It's like, but you still like hate them as like, you know, when you see a cop, I'm not like anti-police. You know, these people are like, defund the police. It's like, sweet, so we'll just live in the purge, will we? All these freaking lefties with, like, purple fringes who are, like, defund the police. It's, like, sweet. So we'll just have no rules whatsoever. That seems like a really strong solution to some of the issues facing our society. So I'm not anti-cop, but, you know, when you see a cop, it's not... It doesn't sort of light up your heart with joy, does it, you know? Especially when you're in the car, you know? I'll put my hand up. When I see a police officer unexpectedly... You know, i got negative thoughts running through my soul. But, but these guys, you get that reaction. You get the negative cop reaction like, oh, fuck's sake, a cop's here. And then you look at him a bit closer and you realize huh, this is just some guy, you know. This guy, this is just some guy playing dress up, you know. What month is it? it? Has Halloween come early? You know, Perth transit officers are like when seven-year-old kids dress up as cowboys and they're shooting their little cap guns at you. You know, oh, you got me. <laughs> and then on top of that, dude, these freaking transit officers hassling people on the Perth trains. I'm from interstate. I don't care how many fines you fucking dish up on your little on your little Android fine machine there, you know, on, on your little debit card machine that hands out absolute losses. Dude, I'll rip it up in front of your face. I'm on a Jetstar flight out of here in 36 hours, you know. Yeah, I don't have a ticket. I also don't have a fuck to give you, brother. Get out of my face, you know. (laughs) I'll be on that Jetstar flight screaming out the window. This is is the day you'll always think you almost caught Billy Darcy, you know. I was zipping all over Perth on trains like I fucking own that city. But these transit officers, dude, is there a worst gig on the planet? Because they're hassling people who are on public transport, you know. I'm on the train, you know, I'm in the trenches with my fellow civilians. I'll speak for everyone on the third carriage, on the fucking Fremantle line. I'll speak for us all. We're not doing well, mate, okay? This isn't the 1% you're going after here, okay? This is the working class. You're betraying your own kind. The calls are coming from inside the house. What are you doing, mate? You know, it's a sad, sad world when you see one man earning $43,000 a year, hand out a fine to another man earning $43,000 a year. You know, that's freaking poor on poor crime, brother. Where's your loyalty? Where's your sense of community with those in your tax bracket, my friend? This isn't how we treat our own. When I see someone getting a fucking $2 McDouble at McDonald's, I don't spit on them. I know this bloke wants a freaking Big Mac meal with all the works, but I'm getting a McDouble too, brother. How you going, you know? There's a sense of loyalty there. Whereas these transit officers are just pecking around town, treating poor people like we're not on the same team, you know? You think these transit officers aren't taking off the high-vis and getting on the very same trains we are? These people are just full-blown Judas in high-vis, if you ask me. Perth, sort it out. But anyway, dude, but anyway. So that's what I think of the Perth Transit offices, and that was my observation on that town. But I just want to sort of actually crack off the tour for our first yarn of the podcast, because I'll do this one. So I gigged with the Inspired Unemployed last night. So I'll do that yarn, and then we'll do the whole tour in, uh, you know, What's the word I'm looking for here, dude? When things go in order and they come one after the other in the order they happened. Chronological, babe. Chronological order, okay? So here's the deal. So last night, got a call up for a pretty sick stand-up gig hosted by TikTok and comedic superstar Will Gibb. Uh, And basically, I was doing a stand-up comedy show last night. But at the end of the night, the headliner... Was and the reason everyone was there to to, to see the show, there was about two hundred people there. I think it sold out in an hour. Was Jack Steele from the the Inspired Unemployed? He was trying stand up for the very first time. So pretty bloody exciting, pretty sick to be able to be on this gig, you know, because everyone was like so pumped to see him. And uh, let me tell you, these blokes these blokes rolled deep. Okay, they had an entourage of about. Fifty people or something, just just all coked up surfies and some of the hottest chicks you've ever seen. I mean, this was a real, this was a real Bondi Sunday session walking through town. I'll tell you that. You know, if Kujipav Pav was a was a fucking group of people, that's what we were looking at with these boys' friends. But they came in sick as gig. I mean, everyone in the crowd is like, because it's the inspired unemployeds crowd. So. They're much cooler and more attractive than people who usually go to stand-up. I'll tell you that for free. And uh, <laughs> I met um, I met uh, Falcon, the other bloke, very briefly. He seems cool. But I, um, Jack was the one doing stand-up. Nicest guy ever. Just an absolute legend, you know. You can totally see why they're um, likable in these videos. Like, this, is, they're actually likable in real life as well. Like, it, you know, it's not a character. They're just absolute... They're just legends, you know. So Will Gibb hosted his gigs, like 200 people, just ravenous to see this show. Ravenous to see Jack, I should say. And uh, man, it was great. Will smashed. Um, At one point, uh, Jack Steele comes up to me. You know, he's pretty nervous. He's had a few beers. He goes, geez, man, I'm pretty nervous about this. And I thought, give him some advice, Bill. You know, drop some knowledge on this bloke. Help him out a bit, you know. And I thought, and all I could muster was I said, don't worry, mate, it'll be fine. And he was like, yeah, 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 sweet. <laughs> like, that's the, when you, need, when you need wisdom, when you need a bit of knowledge, you know, when you're in a bind and you need some help, that's why you come to Billy Darcy for pearls of wisdom like that. I don't know if anyone's offered any, anything more useless in the history of mankind to someone doing their first stand-up comedy Appearance and also, fair play to Jack because his first ever time doing stand up, there was two hundred people there, including his friends and family, and they were all there to see him. You know, at least I got to start as as the anonymous loser I was. You know, so so I've I've, I've offered up absolutely zero wisdom there, and I got to say, even though it was the crappest advice going around. It turned out to be completely true. He did like fifteen or twenty minutes, had all these jokes, couple of stories. He did great, dude. People were absolutely frothing on it. It was fucking awesome. It was the funnest night ever, and uh, I had a good time as well. People were pretty bloody drunk by the time I got up there. At one point, the stage broke when I was up there because it was just like, I don't know how to describe it. It was like a, t- you know, it wasn't like a permanent stage, but at one point that broke. Got some running repairs going there. I foolishly told an abortion joke to the crowd of the inspired unemployed, which was probably not really their pace, and uh, the energy in the room adjusted accordingly. Um, but apart from that, dude, I mean, you wouldn't think a bunch of uh, coked up surfies would be that good of a stand up crowd, but fuck me, what a fun night. Just really great times all around. And uh, yeah, dude, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to ever do stand up again. I think the Inspired Unemployed should do stand-up on principle just because of the... Well, not even stand-up, but like they should put some sort of a tour together because just the money these blokes are sitting on. I mean, they could probably play like arenas. They're so fucking popular. It's crazy, dude. You know? Even if they just go out and do do a meet and greet or do like a, you know, an in conversation with the Inspired Unemployed or... Do a sketch show or something. I mean, just do something, lads. I mean, just the amount of money these guys are leaving on the table touring, it's crazy. But also, they're just already rich. I mean, these guys, I, I just don't even know how to describe how successful these blokes are. People were just losing their minds for them. It was insane. But it was a pretty fucking fun night, and they they're just exactly how you would think they are. They're just like the sickest blokes. And all of Jack's jokes were just about him getting heaps fucked up and making a fool of himself with birds. So I tell you what, if you're a, if you're a listener of Get Around Me, his comedy would have very much been your speed, Re all the stories I've told on this podcast of me doing the exact same thing. So it was such a fun night, dude. Really fucking enjoyed it. And uh, so anyway, let's crack in to uh, this tour these tour stories, I should say. So, roll into Perth. Had to get up at like four a.m. for this flight. Whatever. Um, you know, got the got the bus to the airport. These are needless logistical details. I don't know why I'm telling you that, but anyway, I get to Perth. I'm staying at this hostel. It's actually a really sick hostel. I've stayed there before. It's massive. It's like this huge building. And there must be like, I don't know, like 400 people staying there or something. It's crazy. Anyway, and it was great to like meet some foreigners and shit again. You know, I haven't spoken to some backpackers in a fair while. But anyway, there's, there's, all you need to know about this hostel is there's signs everywhere saying, you know, smile, you're on camera. Don't take anyone's food. If you steal anything, we'll fucking kill you. You know, there's just signs everywhere. And it's one of those hostels where it's kind of half- Norwegians on the piss and then half like weird Aussie people where they're like 50 with dreadlocks and it's like are you on tour mate or do you fucking live here is this your permanent address you know so there's a bit of that and anyway first night in uh, Perth I go host a gig in Scarborough great times great classic hits got pretty drunk after with my mate Wolfie came home about Mm, 1245 12, and I know it was 1245 because they locked the doors of this hostel at one and you got to call them up and it's like it's a hassle so I roll in just before one pretty drunk okay and I go up the stairs and this this guy from reception go I've got my airpods in with music he goes mate mate but I, I don't hear him so I just walk up the stairs and he chases after me and he goes mate mate and I go, I pull out my AirPods, I go, what? And he goes, mate, you got you to gotta come with me. We've got you on camera. We know it was you that stole the berries and the yogurt. And I go, I beg your pardon? And he's like, mate, we've got you on camera. We know it was you. Look, you know, you've just got to, we've just got to sort this out. But yeah, look, we know it was you, mate. And I'm thinking, what the, f- what the hell is going on? I literally flew in that afternoon, dropped my bags down sat in my room for about an hour, you know, going over my show for the weekend and then got on the train to Scarborough. I hadn't even spoken to anyone. I don't even know where the freaking kitchen is. And then I go, I go, okay. So what is it you think I've done? I've stolen yogurt and berries. I'm thinking, how poor do you think I am that I need to knock over some Norwegian bloke's berries and yogurt? I go, this is one of the more insulting accusations i personally have come across in my time on this planet so i said sorry mate one more time and he goes we've got you on camera stealing berries and yogurt yesterday okay and at this point now my energy changes massively i go yesterday mate i stole berries and yogurt and he goes that's right mate come with me i go yesterday just confirming it was yesterday and he goes 100% yesterday at 2 p.m. we've got you on camera mate and now this is a rare situation because i know for a fact i wasn't even in perth yesterday okay i was living my life in a much more impressive city so now this is one of those situations where not only am i right i am also blind okay so this is this is this could go anywhere at this point okay very few times in your life do you get to be genuinely blind and also being morally right, okay? So I go, okay, mate, i tell you what. I just checked in about six hours ago this afternoon. I wasn't even in this state yesterday. I go, how about you get the fuck out of my face with all this shit, hassling me about these berries. I go, how poorly do you want to handle this, mate? You're just accusing me of this thing, of some random video. You don't even know who I am. I go, what is your fucking problem, brother? Okay, I'm just going to bed. And he's like, oh, oh, mate, no, oh. And he, he's like, well, mate, you, you come with me and we'll watch the footage together. How about that, mate? You watch the footage with me. And I go, mate, I'm not, I'm not watching this footage with you. I don't give a shit about these berries, okay? I go, I'm Billy Darcy. I'm in room 42. I checked in today. I wasn't even in the state. I go, get out of my face. I go, next time something like this happens, how about you handle it like a fucking adult and just ask someone if they stole the berries? Because I would have very quickly told you that I wasn't even in the state at this point, mate. You know? So that was just... oh, And I got to say, that's that's as angry as I got. Like, I, I was... Like, I am not confrontational, sober, <laughs> but after 12 beers, fucking oath I am. So, like... I don't know like I was trying to not be a cunt about it but also fuck off you know and I was like mate get I was like mate leave me alone with your stupid fucking berries as if I give a shit about this and and just get out of my face honestly and then he was like oh oh sorry mate sorry it's just the bloke in the on the video has long hair and AirPods in and I go what the I go yeah cuz no one no one on this planet has AirPods except for me I'm thinking Jesus Christ mate fucking compile a bit more evidence before also this this hostel is like four stories so this guy sprinted up three flights of stairs to because because i couldn't hear him when he was calling me so he sprinted up three flights of stairs that's how confident he was that i stole these berries and he's just run into a fucking billy darcy with 10 pints under his belt and the moral high ground oh mate Get out of my face with this absolute garbage, okay? It was one of the most bizarre experiences. I don't know if you've ever been accused of committing a crime where you weren't even in the state when the crime happened, okay? And also, I felt like saying as well, mate, how much were these berries? I felt like just taking out fucking $7.50 out of my wallet and just pegging it at him and being like, go buy yourself some more fucking berries, mate, you fucking loser, you know what I mean? It was just the most annoying experience, like... Jesus Christ! You know what I mean? (laughs) Am I being a dick, or 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 was I in the right? I don't know, because I did have a go at this bloke a little bit, and I felt a bit bad about it, because I know if I was sober, I wouldn't have been as aggressive, and that's that's what I didn't like about how I sort of handled it. But really, I was not too bad. Like I didn't I didn't like have a go at him or anything. I just had a go at him, like the accusation. But it was a pretty bizarre thing. Like I was so confused by what was happening. Like that was my overall vibe was just like, what? What are you talking about, dude? So it was pretty weird. And that was night one <laughs> in Perth, dude. So anyway, got off on a terrible foot at the hostel, whatever. Fuck whoever's berries those were. And uh, anyway, do another gig in Fremantle the next night, hosted there. Super fun. Then I did my show on the Friday night in Perth sold out. thank you so much everyone that came. it was so fun and it was just there was yeah not really many yarns from the uh, from the show because it was just a it was just a good one really. There were these private school blokes in the third row who I just absolutely lit up like Christmas trees for large portions of the show. Uh, one of them their dad had a helicopter so these were these were private school, private school boys. You know what I mean? And uh, at one point I was, cause I'm doing this Tim Payne bit at the moment. I go, Tim Payne got caught consensually sexting a 34 a year old woman. And this private school bloke just absolutely starts losing, like laughing his head off. And I go, oh, shock horror. The private school bloke is laughing at the word consent. And then, you know, everyone enjoyed that. That was probably, you know, one of the one of the more zesty zingers from the crowd work portion of the night. But then afterwards, I was meeting everyone from the show. i got to say, everyone I hung out with after the show was just an absolute legend. Blokes giving me weed left and right, made me feel special. And, uh, mate, it was so great. I met um, the bloke who sent in that story about meeting Matt Damon and uh, Chris Hemsworth. Met him, Cohen, absolute legend. And uh, I was hanging with these lads and... Mate, these blokes—I gotta say—the the confidence on these Perth boys—they just started blazing it in the beer garden of this pub. I mean, I mean, I I disrespect Perth transit officers, but I do have some quite a healthy respect for bouncers at pubs um, because of the physical consequences of defying them. But these boys, my God, we were just blazing it in the beer garden, having pints, talking about the decline of the Big Bash. My God, I was in absolute heaven. <laughs> It was so fun, dude. You know, I was walking p- past this bouncer later just so high and drunk. But um, but I-, I felt like saying, mate, <laughs> eyes up, you fucking idiot. You know, the calls are coming from inside the house. The blokes are on their third joint at the back there. You know, no one seems to be doing anything about it. So super fun time in Perth. I was out till about two, had to get up at 5 a.m. for my flight, made it. I was legitimately delirious so that was fantastic get to adelaide adelaide show was great i had this bloke uh rudy lee tarua opening for me and uh he's a fantastic comedian and this is pretty funny all you need to know about rudes is that uh the week before he opened for jim jeffries in an arena <laughs> So the week before, he opened for Jim Jeffries, one of the biggest comedians on the planet, to 7,000 people, maybe more, maybe like 10,000 in some cities. And then the next week, he opened for Billy Darcy in front of 100 people in Adelaide. I mean, that's showbiz, babe, really. That is, all you need to know about showbiz is just that right there. You know, forever humbling, the game's the game. That's how it is. But... Went out with everyone uh, after the Adelaide show. My mate Jake from uh, from Sydney was there. He's moved to Adelaide, so he came with us, with his wife and uh, cracking crew. Just getting so pissed. Much like Wollongong, I ended up getting a start at a house party in the Adelaide Hills, and went with these lads. Great times. It was one of the loosest house parties. Not one of the loosest, but like everyone there was like really fucked up. And there was a lot going on and a couple of blokes passed out. They got the lipstick treatment as they should have. And at one point, you know, this bloke's like, oh, Bill, do you want a Dexie? And I go, yeah, yeah, go on then. I'll have a Dexie. And he goes, well, they're not actually Dexies. And I go, well, what are they? And he goes, they're like the cousin of Dexies. I go, well, what do they do to you? And he goes, oh, it's pretty much like a Dexie, but yeah, it might knock you around a bit more. He goes, I've had three and I'm pretty, pretty fucked up. I go, well, then I'll just have one, you know, it's simple maths on this. Because I was chatting to this bloke, he seemed fine to me. So I'm thinking if he's had three, I'll take one, you know, I'm a third of this guy and who's being pretty bloody personable right now. I'm thinking, you know, the party maths on this is rock solid. Here we go. And for context, you know, it's like 4am and I was already out to lunch, okay, just absolutely out to lunch. Okay. There was a lot of uh, you know, there was some genuine light narcotic use going on, and there was a lot of generosity in the room and a lot of goodwill towards me. So come 4 a.m., I was, you know, off my tree, as it were. Let me tell you. So I take this, uh, you know, I'm thinking this guy's like it's dead it's like the cousin of Dexies. I'm thinking, dude, I fucking love my cousins. So This thing goes down the hatch and probably one of the worst decisions I made on the trip. I don't even know. I still don't really know what it was. But the thing was, it just like fucked up my equilibrium. Like you would not believe. I couldn't stand up anymore. Like I could stand up, but then like I'd just be walking and like I'd just start going diagonally. I'd just walk like full pace into like a wall. And it was just like... It was frustrating <laughs> i'd just be walk like i'd be walking in a straight line and i'd just go down like a ton of bricks you know so really really dumb from me <laughs> but at the same time i don't know dude you're fucking out there gunslinging in the adelaide hills what can you do these things happen so if anyone gets a call uh that you know to take one of these cousin dexie things I, w- I would steer clear to be honest but then me and my mate Jake head back to the city in an Uber and I'm in the back and I'm out to lunch, just out to lunch. I just put my AirPods in. It's like 5.30 in the morning. And then the Uber freaking pulls over and he's like, get out, get out of my car. And you know, I've got a bit of, yeah, you know, I've got Avril breakaway cranking along. I'm thinking, mate, where, where's the fire on break? You know what I mean? We are we near our destination. My phone's dead at this point um so no actually it's not because i'm listening to tunes and it turns out jake my mate from sydney has vomited in the front seat and he's given you know he's given the whole dashboard a bit of a touch up and that's why this uber driver is you know visibly angry at 5 30 in the morning so once i see that i go oh okay sorry about that my- i changed my tune pretty quickly and then my phone dies. Then we gotta get back to to Jake's hotel room. Whole thing's just really unraveling quickly. I'm on his phone. He's absolutely you know, he did he's worse than me, so we got big problems because I'm no good. And then anyway, long story short, I wake up at like 10 a.m. at this hotel in the city in Adelaide. My flight to Canberra is at eleven fifteen. We've got huge problems, guys. Massive fucking problems. The night before, I was on two hours sleep. I made my 6.30 a.m. flight. Now I'm fucking sprinting back to my hostel in Adelaide going, holy fucking shit, dude. Phone's dead. Massive issues, guys. Massive issues. Plug in the phone, pack up all my shit, order an Uber, get to the airport. The airport security line was crazy. For a Sunday in Adelaide, It was like, uh, I was lining up for fucking 20 minutes and then my bag got taken for a bomb check, but there was like two other bags waiting for the bomb check. I'm so scat and I'm literally like about to scream at this guy or burst into tears. It could go either way. I'm so dried out. I'm like SpongeBob if he went on land, you know, I'm just absolutely out to lunch. I'm frazzled and I've got like, it's like 11 at this point. Plane's boarding at like 11 and it's like 11.02. And I, I said to the guy, I said, mate, I'm so late for my flight. I'm going to need my bag. And I, and he said, sorry, I got to do a bomb check. I go, I don't have time for a bomb check, mate. Which admittedly is what someone with a bomb would say. So he was right to to keep my bag, which he did. And there was a bit of him where he was kind of loving it. He was like, sorry, mate, I'm just following procedure. You know, and he he chucked me a wry smile and, you know, I I understand. The game's the game and all of that. So this guy kind of mugged me off. Anyway, I get my bag, sprinting to the gate. It wasn't far, actually. Gate's closed. It says like $15,000 fine if you breach this, this wall. I'm trying to kick it down. I'm clawing at this thing. I'm borderline in tears. I'm like, please, please let me on this flight. And... Oh God, it was just, and also this, like all other people at the gate, like I'm just banging on this door in front of everyone. It was so embarrassing, dude. It was so embarrassing. And, uh, anyway, I go to the, it was a Qantas flight. Cause I think it's, a. I think you have to fly Qantas to, um, to Canberra and, uh, I go to the Qantas desk and I go, mate, what I've just missed that flight what can you do for me? And he goes, he goes, mate, I can get you on, I can put you on this one for free. Um, it's the, cause I can, I can transfer you to the other direct flight of the day, but it got me to Canberra at seven 30 and my show was at seven. And I go, I go, mate, I need to get there like before seven. What can you do for me? And he goes, all right, mate, um, you can go via Sydney. (laughs) So I flew back to Sydney, which is pretty embarrassing. Um, but he goes, it'll be four hundred bucks. He goes, is that okay? And I go, mate, I'm thinking, mate. I go, mate, I'm I'm Australia's greatest road dog. I'm doing three cities in three nights. They're all sold out. I'm killing it, dude. You think four hundred bucks is gonna make me blink an eyelid? And he goes, he goes, he goes, sorry, sir. Are you visibly crying? And I go, just charge me, mate. Okay, <laughs> just charge me. Oh god, I'm scat. I'm freaking hungover. I'm. I'm fragile. I'm handing over 400 bucks for this flight that I should have been on. Oh, my God. I just <laughs> I just blew it, guys. I fucking blew it, you know? God damn it. How do you miss an 1130 flight bill? It was 1120, the flight. Like, fuck, you know? It cost me 400 sheets. And, you know, it's no secret I'm not Dave Hughes. 400 sheets, my God. And then I've got to sit there at the airport, so hungover, just going like, "You piece of shit, you idiot!" And then I got to Canberra at like five thirty. Rowan picked me up from the airport. What a legend! He met me in Canberra, and uh, the Canberra show was sick. Not too many, uh, not too many stories there. And yeah, then the next day drove home from Canberra with Rowan. And that was that, dude. Whirlwind three days. The, the trip was five nights all up. Um, but, yeah, God. It, it, I tell you what, guys. If I didn't uh, miss that flight on the Sunday, like, perfect trip. Smashed it. S- had so much fun. The shows were so fun. I had fun after. Uh, you know, saw my nan and my auntie in Perth. They live there. If if I just made that flight, like if I just made that flight on Sunday, I'm perfect trip, ticked every box. But yeah, anyway, thanks so much to everyone that came to the gigs. I do really appreciate it, and uh, and yeah, God, I wish I made that flight. But apart from that, oh, so much fun. Okay, up next, I'd just like to talk about uh, a topic, a news item, as it were. So, as we all know, Neighbours is coming to a close after 30 plus years on the airwaves and, you know, it's been very controversial, but the reality is people just don't really watch telly anymore, let alone, you know, every night of the week. So, it is what it is, end of an era, all of that. Anyway, the Logies were on recently, you probably weren't aware of that because the Logies aren't relevant, but... Regardless, usually a couple of stories come out and one that came out this year was that Toadie from Neighbours, okay, was blowing up that the, that Neighbours didn't get more, more appreciation at the Logies and that they put Natalie Bassingthwaite and some other guy up there who were only on the show for five years instead of these like 30-year legends. So he was blowing up in a radio interview about how Neighbours did not get enough attention At the Logies, which I think we can all agree is a truly idiotic thing to be angry about. But I just want to read exactly what he said because I'm going to absolutely drag this cunt for about 11 minutes and I just want to make sure that you guys have the full story before I do. So this is Toadie talking on the radio this morning. If I'm Toadie, I'm thinking, fuck, I can't believe I've even been afforded a radio interview. I am a truly irrelevant Australian figure. But here we go. So, Toadie said, we turned up and we did our mandatory three-hour talking to people on the red carpet. When we got in the room, we ended up being split up and stuck on two different tables. It was horrible. Okay? Now, this is Toadie at the Logie. So, he goes, our table was actually stuck behind the cameras. We couldn't even see the stage. So, we figured we weren't going to get a good a good run then. Uh, it says, Maloney, the guy who plays Toadie, said, the package... Of snippets they played from the show during the ceremony was incredibly disappointing, which I believe is probably code for did not feature him enough. Elsewhere, he uh, toady suggested having having Natalie Bassingthwaite and Daniel McPherson represent the cast on stage was an affront to the show's veteran stars. Brackets him, given they were only part of the cast for four years. Daniel and Nat are just absolutely gorgeous people and absolutely nothing against them. But we've got people who've been on TV for nearly 30 years. And I think probably the least they could do is get us to say something. I mean, we are in the bloody Hall of Fame. That's not how you treat a show that's in the Hall of Fame. I mean, good luck to the Logies if that's how they want to play it. Okay. So, Toadie is blowing up about the Logies and not getting enough hype as neighbors comes to an end. Okay? Now what that, that's one way to look at it, Toddy. That is one way to look at it. You could say we not enough attention, not enough plaudits, you know? A counter perspective would be how about you just be grateful for working on television for the last 25 years, you fat hack. Okay? 20 This guy was on Neighbors in 1995. 27 years, I should correct myself. 27 years, this bloke has got to play a chubby 4 out of 10 who roots birds that are way out of his league. And at the end of all of that, 27 years, he's all he's got for us is complaints. My God, dude, how deluded and selfish and in your own little D-list celebrity microcosm do you have to be, brother? My God, how about, here's one for you, how about thank you to the Australian public? How about thank you to the producers? How about, how about wow, I feel so grateful for the experience we've had, you know? Do you realise how lucky you are to, as an actor to get a regular gig at all in your career? Most actors, if they get one or two TV shows, that's their whole career. This jammy bastard has worked five days a week for 25 years and at the end of it, has is, is said, oh, what the hell? I wanted more, you know? Oh, they got Natalie Bassingthwaite on stage to represent Neighbours and not me. Do you know why, mate? Because nobody knows your fucking name, brother, okay? Even then, when I said Maloney said this, I, I had to remind myself that his name is Toady. okay? I don't know his first name. People know who Natalie Bassingthwaite is. She's attractive and relevant and popular, brother. You're none of those things. That's why she was up there. That's why you weren't. My God, how how ungrateful and arrogant can can you be? I mean, really? And and the thing I hate about this is, is is there anything more petty than Australian celebrities when they bitch about the Logies every year? You know, like Amanda Keller was carrying on about not winning. Uh, You know, they're carrying on about this and that and, oh, Dave Hughes said this. It's like, how about you guys just put a smile on your face that you all get to work in showbiz and you're famous, you know? All all the Neighbours celebrities that came out, like when Susan went on uh, the project to, to basically beg for the show to continue, okay? Imagine if I said to an aspiring actor or actress, what... How good would it be if you could do eight seasons of a television show that the whole of Australia watches? You'd say eight seasons, eight years of a show that the whole nation watches. I'd be blown away, Bill. That'd be a dream come true. These pricks have have done what? Thirty plus seasons, twenty five seasons each, some of them, and it's still not enough. You know, Susan's on the project saying, "Oh, I can't. Like, please don't cancel us. We've got so much more to give." Really? How many more times can Carl cheat on you, babe? What are you talking about? You know, I hate Australian celebrities when they take themselves seriously. Not once did one of the neighbour stars come out and say, hey guys, thanks so much for the ride. To be honest, I can't believe we lasted this long, you know? Bunch of bloody knockabout Aussie actors doing a soap opera. Thanks so much for everything, guys. Really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on that journey with us. And, uh, you know, it, it's not lost on us what a privilege it was, you know. Only four television channels for majority of that time. And they had the prime time slot, not one, but five nights a week for 25 years when the whole country was watching. And not one neighbor star has come out and said, hey, guys, wow, thanks. Appreciate it. You know, it's all just, oh, no, we need more funding. Please keep us going. They're like institutionalized or something, these fucking losers. Jesus Christ, dude, how could you possibly take yourself so seriously? You know? I mean, Toadie's character, they're bringing his, like, wives back from the dead and shit. I mean, his wife Dee drove off a cliff in a car, was never seen again. They brought her back from the dead in a show with no supernatural shit in it. It's meant to be a normal show. This chick literally drowns in a Commodore and then just rocks up 10 years later like, oh, hey, Toady, mate, where you been? What's going on? How could you act in a show with a script like that and then also take yourself that seriously, dude? That is unbelievable to me. Toadie, shut the fuck up, brother. Okay? <laughs> enjoy what you've had. Enjoy what you've got. Put the feet up, you know? This, this guy is on radio blowing up. At like It's like, sorry, mate, just the 27 years of fame and fortune, were you? Mate, shoot me your bank account details. I'll, I'll chuck you some money. Maybe I can come around and blow you. Clearly, the Australian public has not done enough for you, mate. You know? What else? Mate, can we shine your shoes? Like, what else can we do? Can we cast you in another show where you get to hook up with chicks who would never touch you in real life? What can we do, mate? What can we do to appease you? You freaking... In what other country on this earth does a moderately talented D-list actor get to work even one one hundredth, one hundredth of the amount that Toadie has worked over the past three decades? And this bloke has the gall to blow up about it. What a piece of shit, dude. Okay? That's how I feel about that. I hope that wasn't too ranty. And that is that is the podcast for this week, I think. <laughs> I was gonna do some fun fears, but I think I'm fucking too revved up after that now. But that is the podcast for this week, guys. And that is also the, the project for this week can be Toady, you know, highlighting Australian talent. Well, there's no one more talented than that bloke playing the exact same role for 27 years straight, not changing the character for literally a Upwards of a decade at a time. <laughs> Imagine you're 11 years into playing a character, thinking, "Yeah, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. No need to, uh, no need to change anything here." Imagine making the exact same show for 30 years without changing the formula whatsoever, and then being surprised when it gets cancelled. How about you fucking act surprised it lasted this long? You arrogant cunts. You know. <laughs> Sorry, but I thought this was just the most outrageous thing I've ever seen, and uh, and anyway, so yeah, Toady hit the bricks. That is the podcast for this week. Sydney tomorrow night, Friday, June twenty-four. There's twenty tickets left. We'd love to sell it out. You know, come along if you like. Next Friday, July first, in Melbourne. Ten tickets left. Tickets via my Instagram bio. We'd love to see you there last shows of the year come through thanks for listening etc 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 dude etc Wait too long wait too long yeah and I can see the ground now I'm way too long way too long